just the last section of um, this is a collecting tubule of of the nephron and This is where alpha intercalated cells, beta intercalated cells, and principal cells are, are found. So we are going to um, talk about more importantly, we are going to focus on principal cells and mostly in principal cells and then we'll talk about intercalated cells so on principal cells there are two channels on the on the luminal side sodium channel called um, epithelial salt sodium channel or ENAC and potassium channel Sodium enters this principal cell and leaves on the basolateral membrane uh, through ATPA, sodium potassium ATPase pump. And pota uh, potassium leaves the cell and enters the lumen. Alright, so what is what why is this part important? Now, the collecting tubule is responsible for only 2 to 5 percent of sodium chloride and despite this small contribution it plays an important role in renal physiology and diuretic action. Um, as, a, uh, as a final side of sodium chloride reabsorption, the collecting system is responsible for tight regulation of body fluid volume or for determining the final sodium concentration of the urine. Okay, so this area is mineral uh, regulated, uh, I meant to say hormone regulated, highly, highly hormone regulated area. It's, it's a site at which mineral corticoids exert significant influence. And lastly, this is the site, most important site of sodium, uh, potassium secretion by the kidney, and the site at which all diuretic induced changes in potassium balance occur. So, all the upstream diuretics affect potassium secretion at this site. And um, the mechanism of sodium and chloride reabsorption in the collecting tubule system is distinct from the mechanisms found in the other tubule segments. So the principal sites, principal cells are, are the major sites of uh, sodium and potassium and water transport. And the intercalated cells, alpha and beta, are the primary sites of um, proton for alpha cells and bicarbonate for beta cell secretion. Okay, the alpha and beta intercalated cells are very similar except the membrane locations of the ATPase 
and uh, chloride bicarbonate exchanger are reverse reversed. Principal cells do not contain apical transfer system for for sodium and other ions unlike cells and other nephron segments principal cell membranes exhibit separate ion channels so there is a separate channel for sodium and there is a separate channel for potassium sodium goes in potassium goes out into the lumen sodium into the body since these channels exclude anions transport of sodium and Potassium leads to a net uh, movement of charge across the membrane. So, because sodium entry into the principal cell predominates over potassium secretion into the lumen, a 10 to 50 millivolt lumen negative electrical potential develops. So, because the quantity of sodium that enters the cell is 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 larger compared to potassium that enters the lumen with large quantity of positive charge entering the cell the lumen is relatively negatively charged as a result in this area sodium that enters the principal cell from the tubular fluid is then transported back to the blood via basolateral uh, sodium sodium potassium ATPase 10 to 50 uh, millivolt lumen negative electrical potential drives the transport of chloride back to the blood via the paracellular pathway and draws, draws potassium out of the cells through the apical membrane. So, because this area is uh, this area in the collecting tubule has a negative charge in the lumen. The chloride ion that is descending, that is coming down uh, the lumen, will be repelled, and it will run away. I guess you can say run away, or it'll be repelled, and it enters into the uh, the cells. It will be absorbed into the cells by. Um, paracellularly. Um, no, it doesn't enter the cells, but it passes between cells to enter blood or to enter the body, right? Um, all right, moving on. So, chloride is reabsorbed paracellularly. All right. Um. Thus, there is an important relationship between sodium delivery to the collecting tubule system and the resulting secretion. If you deliver a lot of sodium to this area, you will lose a lot of potassium as a result. So upstream diuretics increase sodium delivery to this side and enhance potassium secretion. If sodium is delivered to the collecting system with an anion that cannot be reabsorbed as readily as chloride or bicarbonate, the lumen negative potential is increased and uh, potassium secretion is increased. So, okay. So, 
This mechanism combined with enhanced aldosterone secretion due to volume depletion. So if there is volume depletion uh, and uh, in addition to the fact that this area has negative charge in the lumen which uh, drives potassium to be pumped out of or to be attracted to this negative charge and move out of the cell. Uh, aldosterone will have uh, with the, uh, aldosterone will be activated and um, the impact will be significant. So reabsorption of sodium via epithelial uh, sodium channel or ENAC and its coupled secretion of potassium are regulated by aldosterone. So this hormone through its action on gene transcription increases the activity of both the apical membrane channels and the basolateral sodium-potassium ATPase. So it, if this hormone is activated and its result is, result is that the apical channel proteins of sodium channel and potassium channel and the basolateral uh, membrane channels, sodium potassium channels will be um, increased. These, this leads to an increase in the transepithelial electrical potential and a dramatic increase in both sodium reabsorption and potassium excretion. So again, inward diffusion of sodium via epithelial sodium channel, ENAC, leaves a negative uh, lumen potential, which drives reabsorption of chloride paracellularly and efflux of uh, potassium. So, um, now we said that the lumen is negative if you send in more uh, sodium more of it will be absorbed more of it will enter the cell it'll be pumped out and you will pump you will secrete more potassium right and so all diuretics even including the carbonic anhydrase inhibitors uh, loop diuretics, thiazides, all of these result in um, too much sodium and too much water being sent down the collecting tubule and the result is so that uh, I guess the individual if you can call it individual or the molecule or the cation or the uh, ion that is is affected is potassium potassium is the one that suffers right so all you can see all diuretics are most diuretics are potassium wasting potassium wasting um, where is that they are all potassium wasting diuretics so, mm, 
so with aldosterone you have increased sodium potassium channels and um, so you reabsorb more stuff right okay now if you want to preserve potassium if you want to have it um, not excreted if you don't want hyper hypokalemia you can block that important sodium that cause all the problem by moving into the cell and causing this negative charge of the lumen which forced which forced uh, potassium to come out of the cell so if you block that um, sodium channel or ENAC then you will spare potassium so there are some drugs there are two of them amyloride and triamtrine they both block sodium channels and by doing that you uh, you'll spare you, uh, these are called potassium sparing drugs and they block sodium channel or ENAC so and so with these drugs you um, sodium reabsorption in CT uh, principal tube uh, principal cells in a collecting tubule is blocked lumen becomes electropositive potassium does not leak or not excreted or it's not extracted, uh, attracted to the lumen as usual, and so you retain more uh, potassium, but you lose more sodium. So, and another important um, potassium sparing drug is spironolactone. It blocks aldosterone. We said that if aldosterone is activated, it causes more excretion, uh, absorption of sodium. So we said that aldosterone does three things. It uh, increases the number of sodium channels, ENAC, uh, potassium channels, on the, on the luminal side and potassium, sodium, ATPS channels, and it increases water reabsorption, sodium reabsorption, but also um, so, no potassium excretion. So if we if we use spironolactone, it blocks uh, aldosterone, aldosterone, aldosterone receptor. So, if the aldosterone, if aldosterone is um, is blocked, no uh, aldosterone is activated, right? And aldosterone will not be able to enter the nucleus, and there is no gene expression for those uh, ENAC and potassium and uh, sodium potassium potassium uh, channels. So there is poor absor uh, reabsorption of sodium, less uh, negative uh, channel, no uh, 
potassium is not attracted to the lumen because uh, the lumen is, uh, is relatively positive and less potassium, uh, less sodium is, is uh, leaving, is entering the cell. So spironolactone and spironolactone again blocks aldosterone receptor but there are those two drugs that directly block uh, sodium enac channels those are amelioride and triamtrine okay and finally i think that's it for now